Hey everybody, this is Mandy, and I can cook a turkey. Hi everybody, this is Ollie, and I don't like pina coladas, and I don't like dancing in the rain. First of all, I'm allergic to pina colada, colada, <laughs> colada flavored things, and dancing in the rain can get you sick. And this is the Mandy and Ollie podcast. You search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away and left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. Same so, Mandy, before we get into intros, did you find out you can cook a turkey or roast it or bake it or whatever because of this recent holiday we had? Um, I specifically did it for Friendsgiving, but yeah, because of the, the recent holiday. How did it turn out? Were these reviews? Was it okay? Like, were you hard on yourself? What do you think? It was good, in my opinion, and it's basically been determined that I'm going to have to do it again for this upcoming holiday. I wasn't alone every time. I wasn't alone when I made this Friendsgiving turkey, and I won't be alone when I'm making this next holiday turkey, but I feel more confident in my own abilities and skills, knowing that I can make sure it gets done. Nice. This is my first year being in charge of the turkey as well. I don't know if this is your first year, but it was a task. Like It was a lot. I had to do a lot, a lot of work because I got it frozen and I didn't, like, have enough time for the thaw. So I had to look up how to thaw quickly and do all these water changes and salt in the water and turn it every 30 minutes. It was a whole ordeal. But we mm. cut into it. It was cooked all the way through. That was my whole thing. I was like... We keep cutting on to these white pieces and these dark meats. Please don't be red. Please don't be red. <laughs> it was completely through. So I understand. I understand stroke. Yeah, we did over, well, it was a smaller turkey, but we did over, you know, three hours of cooking, and we had the meat thermometer, and we waited till it went to what the meat thermometer says is the appropriate inner temperature for turkey so I was like yeah we're good and we That's so made sure it was juicy mm-hmm. okay not juicy juicy my one friend who you know how the turkeys come with the internal plastic thermometer like no I don't know that? that oh well maybe you're a it. you just didn't know all turkeys that i've seen in my entire life come with this little plastic button thing and when the turkey's done it'll pop out and so my one mm. friend almost like spit out they didn't know what it was and i was like don't do that, <laughs> that was no one. <laughs> i probably took like, it out okay do you have any goal updates for the listeners and me i do okay. i do okay one i have worked out since we last spoke, guys. And what I count as a workout may be even more additional to what other people count as a workout, but I did do uh, when those seven-minute workouts that I think you were referring to. But also, on Sunday, when I was out and about, I had a waist trainer on all day, and I was walking through all the stores and doing all my errands, and I promise you it was a workout. Okay. Was it comfortable though? Like, were you sweating through your shirt? How was that? Oh, I was sweating. <laughs> there was sweat happening. Um, I wouldn't say through the shirt all the way, but in my 
it's, you know, to get my waist snatched. So I just felt like it was probably focusing on those areas. But I was like, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm wet. I'm sweaty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does that look under your clothes? Do you have to wear like an extra tape top, or do you not care if they're like line showing? How does that work? It kind of depends on what you're wearing. So the shirt I had on Sunday, it didn't really come through. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Okay. Just to head stuff off with you guys, I'm traveling, so I might sound a little different or a little cloudy, but it should be still be clear. We did a test run, so just a heads up, nothing's wrong with your earphones or your computer speakers or your TV monitor. I'm just traveling, so I sound a little different. Yep. Do you want to hear something else that I count as, like, a goal update because I count it as an additional workout, but it's not traditional to either thing. I do, but I want to ask you a question first about okay. your. So, are you monitoring like inches or pounds? Like, are you keeping track of like what's happening? And stuff? Nope, it's just about the way my clothes fit. Okay. So, so that was inches, but have you seen any changes then? Not as of yet. I feel changes because my core is achy, but I haven't really worn jeans, and jeans is, to me, the the big decider, because when that button is just resting uncomfortably on your belly, then you're like, all right, got to do something about this. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Okay. What's your other update that you count? Okay. There's a story behind it, so we're going to be here for a while. So... <laughs> yes, because I, I mean, I could put it somewhere else, but then somewhere else is going to be extra long. And it's, I think the goal updates could be longer by themselves. I don't know. So this is a goal update in terms of, again, my physical fitness and me being what I would say handy. So previously, I talked to the podcast about, and you, you of course, know, Ollie, how I'd asked my ex to give me a toolbox for Christmas one year. Right. And I've talked to the podcast about how I was doing, like, you know, some patio furniture type things. Basically, I like to be handy. I like to craft. I like to put things together. So that very same ex, who I requested to buy me the toolbox, and they bought me the toolbox, was buying a new television recently, and to accompany their new television, they were getting a new television stand. And they texted me and was basically like, yeah, I got this new TV stand, but putting it together isn't really working out. And in my mind, I knew, he don't know what he's doing. (laughs) So I was like, do you want me to come over and help? And I'm thinking it's a I know he said a television stand, but I thought it was going to be small. And he he said yes. So I was offering to come over um, in the evening time. Uh And he was like, I have the day off. Can you come over now? So I went. And it was all still in the box. So I'm confused about what he had initially started, but he basically said he doesn't like to read the instructions. To which I'm like, you have to read the instructions. They tell you what to do. 
so many things I want to say, but I'm going to keep listening and wait. Mm-hmm. It's a story, girl. So mm-hmm. I take out the instructions. I, I start to put the – there's a lot of pieces. That's a, the a, other thing. I thought this was going to be a small – quick thing because I'd given him before I offered to come over just like a little advice about something that I didn't do that has affected my TV stand not because I think it was poorly put together but I just didn't like that back part so I didn't put it on and then everyone was like no that back part is important and I was like well it was ugly to me so I didn't put it on anywho I started taking out the pieces and putting them you know out on the floor to make sure we have all the pieces that we need that were supposed to be in the case and get them in order as they need them and then I was like, where's your toolbox? And he said, I don't have a toolbox. They said that we only need a screwdriver, and I have a screwdriver. And then I'm just like, dude, I asked you to buy me a toolbox. If I felt it necessary to have a toolbox, why don't you have a toolbox? Let's keep it pushing, guys. So I start to put things to again. He's kind of moving around his apartment, not too much in it, but he's like, eventually I'm like, you know, waiting for him to, so let's get started. So I start to put it together. And as I'm putting things together, I'm kind of passing it to him to say, you know, we need, put this here, put that there, blah, blah, blah. He's basically acting as my apprentice. <laughs> so I, the first thing, no, uh, feel free to comment. <laughs> wait, oh, okay, okay, I can't comment. First things first. This Ecuador, this is a rhetorical question for me. So for the audience, this this guy knows how to read, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's this the same ex? Who, well, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. But I'm just confused as to why you were necessary to be there. And this isn't even just a guy can do it himself because we built plenty of things ourselves as women, as single women, as women living alone, ABC, EFG. So I'm trying to figure out why he couldn't take the five seconds to open up a little paper, look at the diagram, see what's needed, or even lay everything out. He didn't even have to start the instructions. He could have laid everything out where it was supposed to go, like a lineup. So I'm I'm confusion right now. I am confusion. I think he just thought it was going to be a simple process, and once he realized it was not a simple process, he had checked out. That was, like, the first initial issue, but then there was also that added effect of I, don't, I just don't think he was prepared to do this on his own. Mm-hmm. So as we start to put it together, the and in the very beginning, it's going well, but one of the nuts that's in already in a piece of wood and we have to screw another piece of wood to it, the nut comes out of the wood that it's in and goes into the secondary piece of wood. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be a problem, but let's put the other pieces together and see if we can figure this issue out as we go along. (laughs) So ultimately, of course, it ends up being a problem. Mm -hmm. And because we're trying to put, you know, some more pieces together because that's basically all furniture building is, is piece, 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 piece. And if your nuts and your bolts and your screws and and all these things don't work, then it's going to be a problem later, and that's what happened. So he was getting upset because he was like, man, why this one piece causing us so much problems and blah, 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 blah. So I, so I was like, well, you can go back to the place that you bought it and maybe they'll replace 
whatever it is, like replace the whole thing or replace what you need. Or you can probably go to Lowe's and Home Depot and find another nut. And I went with him because he wasn't too sure about it. And when as soon as we went into the Home Depot, I knew where the heart well, I didn't, well, we went to Lowe's, but I knew we needed to go to the hardware section. But there's a lot of hardware. So even when we were in there, I was like, okay, let's go ask somebody. So then we went to go ask him when he was trying to ask. No, this is what happened. When we first came in, before I t- went to the hardware section, he said, you should ask them for help because they like to help and women and are helpful to women. They'll listen to what? you more than they'll listen to me. This is what he said. That's not true at all. And I said, no. <laughs> no, you want me to ask because you don't want to look like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I was like, right. So then we go to a Lowe's person and um, because at first we couldn't find anyone in the hardware section. So we went back to the front where the customer service area was, and I had brought the piece that had that we needed to replace, and I brought the bolt that matches it. I bought the the piece that we needed to replace, which was a nut, and then you know, of course it goes into a bolt. So she looked at it and she was like, "Yeah, it's in the hardware section. Um, you need to ask so and so over there; they'll be able to help you." So I was like, "Okay," but she also described where that item would be. So I was like, okay, I knew we were supposed to be in the hardware section. I just didn't know we were supposed to look in a drawer, and she specifically said a blue drawer. So when we got over there, we found the blue drawers, but we still weren't quite too sure which one we needed. Then we found the person. That person helped us find the type of thing we were looking for. So everything was going great. That person was passing me the bags for the nuts because we were like, well, we only need one nut, but maybe we should get multiple because we need to make sure that, you know, if we have any issues, we have what we need. Right. We also were making sure that it was the right size, which I was able to basically eye and determine because I brought the bolt. So I was like, well, if it's this size bolt, then we need, then the nut is going to match the bolt. So we just need a one-fourth or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the guy that worked there confirmed what I said. And then when he handed me the bags, they were misplaced. So I looked at the bags and I said, I don't think these are right. And he's like, you're right. They are wrong. They were in the wrong place here's what you need, and my ex was just sitting there like, I'm glad that you were here again to look at the stuff because I would have just taken what he would given me, and then I would have been upset. And I was like, yeah, you would have been mad. You would have been like, what's the point in having an expert here, and they're supposed to help you, and they give you the wrong thing. If he don't know, how am I supposed to know? And I'm just like, well, yeah, if he, he is an expert, but he's also kind of expecting things to be where they're supposed to be. If you don't know to check, it's your stuff, <laughs> then how are you going to effectively put something together? Then... I was, like, asking the person, I was, like, well, we got to get it back into the furniture piece because it was originally in the furniture piece. And I was, like, should we hammer it in? And he was, like, no, you don't want to hammer it in. You want to use a drill. And I was, like, well, he ain't got no drill because he ain't even got a toolbox. He just has this one screwdriver, but we'll figure it out. And I was, like, I know he said not to get it, not to hammer it in, but we should get a hammer anyways because you should also already own a hammer. So then we went to the hammer section and got him a hammer. And as we were going back to the apartment, I was like, didn't you used to work 
for a utility company installing internet and cable? Like, how are you unable to figure this stuff out without, literally without me, when this, you used to work with tools? And he was just like, well, that was already, you know, he was like, he had a drill there, it was a company drill, and, you know, stuff was just kind of more intuitive. I guess he's used to stuff being intuitive. He's not used to working with just pieces and making something out of nothing. So... We eventually put it together, and he was just so geeked and happy, but he was legit like, I would not have been able to do this without you. And I was there for, like, five hours. That's not the only thing I did. Like, I was trying to do other stuff because I had stuff to do and because we had to go back and forth, like I said, to Lowe's. At one point, he went out and got pizza. But I was just sitting there like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's crazy and I'm gonna and he he was like don't tell nobody I said boy I'm gonna tell the podcast <laughs> I will not tell your name but people are going to know that you needed your ex-girlfriend's help to assemble hardware and furniture so oh my goodness. I just find that to be a goal update to in the crafting section the workout section because I promised you I broke a sweat putting that thing together. It was very big. The t- the size TV that he has is like a 60 or 70 inch. So you know that it has to be a big TV stand in order to, to fit. But it had like rolling doors and all this different stuff. Like it was very big. So I just wanted to give myself that little Go and and I just feel like a goal update for being helpful and not petty or um just you know like when you break up with people and sometimes you're just like oh I'm gonna be vindictive no nope, I helped my ex put together furniture so I just feel like I needed a goal update for that and a pat on on my own back I am definitely giving you a pat on the back because <laughs> that's like I feel like. When it comes to being a nice or a good ex-girlfriend, you're good at being a good ex-girlfriend compared to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like you went above and beyond. I do have maybe two final questions before we move on. Number one, do you feel like he should have been able to complete that by himself? I know that he would not have been able to complete it by himself. Maybe he's learned something from us having put it together because mm-hmm. but I know based off of the issues that we had with it and how many things were wrong with it because there were a lot of flaws with the furniture like things weren't aligned like how they should have been and all different kinds of stuff so I know he wouldn't have been able to put it together by himself right. but I feel like he's learned something Right, but you're saying could. I'm saying, do you think he should have been able to do it without, like, phoning the friend? I can't say should have because it's literally based off of what people's abilities are. I just feel like because he was someone that has worked in installation, I would Mm -hmm. expect him to know more than what he knew. Right. Okay. My second question, do you think you could have put it together by yourself? I probably could have put it together by myself, 
but because of how big it is, it literally had parts where it says two people should be doing these things. But I probably could have done it by myself. Okay. But I also wouldn't have bought something that big. So my last, I guess, part of the question is, oh, dang, I forgot it. You started talking. I forgot it. Uh, Never mind. Well, I will say one more thing. Like, a lot of what is in my apartment I have put together, but I've also asked someone that I know that does this for a living to put stuff together for me because in a lot of ways, I don't feel like being bothered for certain things. And that's usually for the bigger stuff. Like, when I want to put something together, I look at it as like a craft or a project that I'm trying to do. So part of the fun for me is putting it together. But if it's something that I need to get done, then I'm going to call an outside party, say, hey, can you come put this together for me or potentially pay someone, depending on how large it is. And I feel like that's kind of what he should have done because of how big it was. And he knew how big it was because he bought it. Hmm. I'm like, you got a lot going on. That was going to be my question, too, A. If you needed help putting something like that together, would he be the person that you called? Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'd have no animosity towards this ex or most of the people that I talk to, but he's definitely not going to be someone that I call for handy person work. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Update. Um, so in regards to my updates, I don't have anything on the workout front. I was supposed to be starting this challenge, like my own self-challenge to do these kind of circuit workouts up until my birthday, which is next week. And, like, I just got busy and other stuff happened where I honestly just could not do the workout. I literally couldn't do the workout. So running behind with that. But I am organized. I, um, I have, like, 20 bazillion notebooks in my garage from a sales and I've been giving them away to like kids, like my friends' kids and stuff like that because like the pile is just still there. But I grabbed one of them and I started writing some stuff down for my business. I try to digitize everything because it's easier to look up, but I find that when I write stuff down it just feels more natural, feels more homey, it actually feels more productive. So I've been doing that in regards to my organization updates. And that's been fun. Mm. That's good. I feel the same way. I like writing things down. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it helps with my own memory. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, you know, an old trick that I'm used to. I do things digitally if I'm setting a reminder for myself to make sure that I don't forget. But if I'm, like, going to the store and I know that I need certain groceries, a lot of times I I will want to write it down more so than type it out on my tablet or phone. Yeah. <laughs> Something else I thought about, so Amazon Alexa, not sponsored, has this thing where you can, like, create lists. So I'll say, Alexa, add bread, apple, toothpaste, and hair moisturizer to the list. And she'll read it back to me, add it to the list, and all I got to do is go to the store, open up that app, and the list will pop up. And I was just thinking the other day, I was like, what if I don't have internet connection? Or what if something happens and all the cell phone towers go down and it doesn't update the list or I can't open my app or anything like that? I'm just going to be stuck at the store with a natural disaster going on outside. Like, what was I supposed to get? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to go back to, like, writing it down 
and find a cute little like lip thing at Marshalls or TJ Maxx for four or five dollars and just get one of those little lifty pads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you have an entry for This is a Safe Space? I do. For I have two things for This is a Safe Space. I feel like I can make both of them quick. Uh, I would hope so after that long update. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I have for This is a Safe Space is and it delves into, again, this whole Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving time that just passed. I like to cook for people sometimes. I don't like when people ask me to cook for them. Mm. When I am in the mood to cook and prepare, I have no problems with making stuff for other people and sharing and blah, blah, blah. I put that pressure on myself. When somebody else is like, oh, this is good. Can you make me and start providing a list or just whatever, I'm just, I immediately get turned off. And so one of my friends did that uh, during the Friendsgiving. And I was just like, I'm trying not to snap on you because I know that you're not doing this in any sort of malicious way. But eat the food that's in front of you and don't ask me about cooking you food for later. Like that's how I felt about it. Like, you got the audacity to be putting in future orders and you ain't finished the food in front of you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's funny. It must have been really bad for them to uh, be bold like that. <laughs> I mean, I guess. And people do that even when it's like I haven't just cooked for them. But they're just like, oh, can you make me blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, I'm like, I know that you're, you think you're providing me a compliment because you like my food, but I don't, what do you always say? Like, my name ain't Hazel, I'm not the maid. I don't feel like, <laughs> I don't have a catering business. Don't ask me for no future orders. I don't want, no. You better catch me when I feel like it. <laughs> I'm not putting the request. <laughs> That's funny. Another thing you could do is say, yeah, sure. All you got to do is bring all the ingredients over and however much you want to charge them. And I bet you'll stop then. <laughs> right. I mean, they always usually offer to pay for the food, but it would still essentially be me doing the work. And I'm like, that's the part I don't want to do because if I have the food items here, like – like, we talked about that at the beginning of the podcast. I have issues with eating the food I already got at my house because I don't feel like making it. Yeah. So it's not just an issue of, like, oh, food costs money. That's part of it. But the other part is I don't feel like it. And you happened to catch me when I did feel like it, and I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. But I might not feel like cooking again for another two weeks. Yeah, but I'm saying in addition to the food cost, charge a certain fee. Like, this is my cooking rate. And that's what it is. I mean, if you're just doing it just to be friendly, I understand that. But I don't know. I even think about when you did my hair and I asked you if I should pay you and you were just kind of nonchalant about it. And then you seemed like you got upset because you had to do hair back to back to back. Yours and our other friends. Yeah. You You gave me a number said this is what I need or what. I was giving you that. But But that was it. It wasn't about the, the money. Like, I didn't want money. I was just very 
tired because it was back to back to back, which goes into my second thing for this is a safe space, but I'll finish this one first. It was the fact that I had done my hair, our friend's hair, and then your hair all in a matter of a week, and I was still working full time, and I was just like, I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> I don't want to do this no more. And that's why I told y'all, I said, uh, Mandy, the hairstylist, has officially retired. She will not be doing any more hair. <laughs> retirement. I, I I call um hairstylist Mandy and she yeah. says she's not taking any when you want to do it. I'm trying to catch you when you want to do it. Otherwise I'm just leaving it alone. <laughs> <laughs> For hairstylist Mandy, you just have to catch me when I don't have anything else to do. Including my own hair. And then I might say yes. <laughs> Which is brings me to my second thing for this is a safe space. I am tired. I am so, 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 so tired. I feel like I've been running on a continuous loop for all the things I got to do. I have all the things that I have to do on a daily basis and then all the things I have to do for that specific day of whatever day of the week it is. And then things like helping my mom with stuff, helping my ex put together furniture. And... <laughs> my own personal things. And I'm just like, yo, I'm so tired. And I know that in order to be successful, like all the successful people are constantly grinding and grinding. And I know that for me to be successful in the things I want to do, I have to make time for those things and I have to grind, grind, grind on them no matter what else I have going on. And I'm trying to develop that mindset and that work ethic, but I'm also tired as F and I feel like I function great when I get eight-plus hours of sleep, I don't do well with less sleep. And I just want to be able to say I am tired and it not be like, well, you 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 can't be tired because winners never sleep or whatever, you know, thing people say. Like, I'm I'm grinding till the day I die and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I need a break. Yeah. And sometimes I just need to say I'm tired. Yeah. And you definitely shouldn't be penalized for that. I think about that Steve Harvey rant where he was like, you can't afford to be asleep at 5 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast because on the East Coast, the trade market already opened, the stock market, all this other good stuff. You can't afford to be asleep if you're trying to be successful. And I was just like, what? <laughs> it's, it's funny because I'm like, there's so many things about Steve Harvey that I'm just like, mm, mm, mm. And I understand the concept or – Pardon? I was just saying, yeah, there's a lot of things. He's problematic. I was just also saying, mm-hmm. like, I don't agree with that trope that 
you can't sleep. You have to grind all day. You can't give your best self if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the wherewithal, if you don't have the determination, because we physiologically and psychologically need sleep. Our bodies need to reset. I have one friend who used the example that every day you have a fully charged battery, and you kind of have to figure out what you want to give some of your energy to. Do you want to give it to the person that just cut you off? Do you want to give it to the employees at work who are getting on your nerves? Do you want to give it to the lunch counter where you ordered your food 30 minutes ago and it's still not ready? And so you drain your battery, but you recharge when you sleep. And if you don't sleep well, if you have nightmares, if you, you know, are tossing and turning, then that means you're starting the next day without a full battery. So you definitely need sleep. That's something that is not something you can honestly, like, cut up or, well, I'll sleep two hours because i got to grind for 22. Like, no, that's not how that's going to work. Facts. So that's just how I feel about it. Like, I have a lot of people in the public eye that I, I don't want to fully say look up to, but I admire the work that they do, and so I do kind of try and see what their work ethic is like or what kind of moves they're making so that I have an idea of some things that I may want to do, but I also look at them when they go offline, and I haven't seen them on the Internet in a while, because and I'm like, well, they may be working, but they could also be asleep or resting or minding their business or not worried about social media. <laughs> um, I pay attention when they do little things that they seem like they enjoy. Like if I catch them t- going through a drive-through restaurant, I'm like, oh, you better eat what you like. Or when they're on vacation, like, oh, you better enjoy that sunset. Like I really do pay attention to all of the parts and not just the highlighted parts of the hustle this and the hustle that because. I know that while I want to be successful, I also want to be happy, and mm-hmm. I can't do that if I'm stressed all the time, and I can't, and I will be stressed if I don't get sleep. <laughs> it's important. It's necessary. It's not something that we want. It's something that you need. So I feel you. Exactly. Um, so what is your This is a Safe Space? I don't really have one. I feel like we're running kind of long, so I'm not going to pull one out of my butt. <laughs> okay. So it's good that I had two, kind of. I mean, if you say so. No. <laughs> okay. So I got to go again to meat and potatoes. I want to talk about this comedian slash YouTuber slash philanthropist slash just overall what I determine to be a good person is something that he's going through in his business. Um, so you all might know him as Kevin on stage. Kevin Frederick, I believe is his name. And basically his mm-hmm. latest YouTube video title was we're getting kicked out of our studio space because we're black. So he, his co-host, I am Doughboy, who received an underappreciated award, hint, hint, if you listened to our last episode and needed an answer, and Kevin's wife (laughs) got on the microphone and explained how basically the building owner and other tenants in the building were being prejudicial to them and that although they pay like, you know, monthly, they only use the building like two days a week. And like things were happening around the building and they were kind of being blamed for it. And long story short, the wife at first was like, we should probably talk to our lawyers. And then Kevin's like, no, because by the time we're done with legal fees, it'll just be, like, crazy, and I'd rather, you know, find a different space. And so I'm guessing 
that's the very short version of it. But I'm guessing, I want to know, how do you feel about those certain situations where it's like you're being racist or prejudicial or biased illegally, and I have the right Mm. to take you to court, but maybe I don't have the resources or the time, but you also don't want someone to win? Well, it sounds like I'm putting my opinion. I guess I'm trying to figure out how you feel about that. Like, do you feel like... No, like, I know I could win this. I'm taking you, or do you feel like, let me move on because this is a waste of my time? I find this to be, like, so relevant. It doesn't just happen, like you said, for people in the entertainment industry, Kevin Stage. We have a mutual friend who was on basically short-term disability from her job, and when people are on short-term disability, the employer is not allowed to fire you during that period, um, in some regards, depending on what it is, they're not even really allowed to contact you regarding that type of stuff. And Mm -hmm. her employer fired her. And I was like, you know, are you going to sue them? Because they're not supposed to do that. And she was just like, yeah, no, I don't even want to be bothered. And so it happens all the time with, like, real people in real-life situations um, it happens sometimes when people get into a car accident. Like, my car has been hit, and I've just been like, I don't even want to bother calling the police, hit and run type thing, because I'm like, my insurance is going to go up before we find whoever hit my car. Mm-hmm. So I understand the whole just not wanting to be bothered, just trying to find your own level of peace so that you mm-hmm. can go on about your business. But I guess it depends on what the thing is, on if I would fight it. Okay, another part. Do you feel like the legal system in these cases kind of only benefits the rich? Because another point that Kevin made was that he overheard someone in his old office before saying, like, like they, they got into some trouble with the law with somebody, and the guy was suing him. And the person in his office was in the wrong, and he was like, well, I have $100 million, so I'll just tie this guy up in court fees. By the time it hits 150 k he won't have enough money to fight me, even though I'm in the wrong. So do you feel like the legal system is for the rich? The legal system is definitely based around money. Like, Mm -hmm. even when people sue for those type of things, for wrongfully terminated or in an accident or whatever, the lawyers, a lot of times, like, when they're like, you don't get paid unless we get paid, but they're taking, like, a third of your check or half of your check, potentially, depending on what, the circumstances are. So it's definitely based around money and definitely benefits people more who have that money because if you don't have a lawyer who's already on retainer, if they are only going to get paid based off of the settlement and they feel like their case isn't going well enough for them to pay attention to it, then they're not going to put a lot of effort into it and then you're more than likely not going to win because your lawyer is half-assing it for you know, lack of better words, it definitely benefits the rich. I guess that would be considered a civil case or some kind of, you know, like suing or anything like that. What do you think it would take you to decide, like, no, I'm going to court. Like, I don't care if I'm running out of resources. I don't care if I have to get a loan. Like, what would push you to the point, and I know this is an on-the-spot question, of saying, you know what, I'm not taking this. We're going to court. I think if health was related to it in some form, mm-hmm. like if I was in an accident where I was like physically hurt or 
caused to be physically ill. Okay. And I know people who have let that type of thing go, where they could could have gotten some sort of workers' comp or something because they were made ill from something that was on, like, a work site or something like that. And I always think about that because I'm like, this is something that affected you long-term in your life. And right. these people just, you know, never had to to pay for that or never had to get any sort of consequences for it. Right. I want to add on to that, but I feel like some people, like, regardless of the resources or not having time, some people feel like it's a charity thing to go after what you are owed. And if any of those people are listening, like in the workers' comp situation that Mandy just mentioned, like that is what you are owed. So you shouldn't feel like you're a charity case or that if you need the resources and they're there and they're there for this specific situation and you're not in the wrong, then use them, take them. I don't feel like pride should be a part of this decision, especially when you're trying to protect you, your family, or provide for you and your family, like, Take the workers' comp. Take the disability insurance. Like, take what you mm-hmm. need if you're Disability old. and, like, what's the other thing? Like, unemployment and stuff is things that you pay into. Disability right. you pay into usually with your employer. Unemployment you pay into with taxes. But I'm like, you've literally already paid for it. Why are you afraid to receive, like you said, what is owed to you, which you've earned in a sense, and now need and deserve even more so because you have been put in a predicament where you cannot serve yourself like you usually would? Right. Yeah, especially with unemployment, too. I've even been a person – well, I usually my jobs are, like, back-to-back. It's not, like, a big gap. There was one time before where I was, like, I'm not sure what I want to do, so let me try – and it took a while to fill out the forms, and then it's like I was denied because they said a number was off, and then I just didn't revisit it because I got a new job, like, right after that. But don't feel ashamed about it. Like I did. I was like, oh, I'm just paid the unemployment. I just felt lesser than for some reason, but you're right. We pay into it. If you are a person filling out a W-2 or whatever it is you're filling out, you're paying into these programs for people who need it. And if you become a person who needs it temporarily or long-term, then use it. Like, do not be ashamed to use what you need and what you have, yourself have paid into. Check your pay stubs. You can see that you're paying into Medicare. You're paying into unemployment. You're paying into SSI. So when it's time to collect, don't be shy about it. And in terms of, like, getting a lawyer, that's a lot of what – that's, like, one of the highest number of lawyers – professions that exist are the ones that are like workman's comp, accident Mm -hmm. related, anything like that, because there are so many incidents of these things happening. Right. And there's a lot of opportunity to get some sort of compensation from it. So even the people in the profession are like, yeah, this is where I'm going to go because I know that people need it and I can make money from it. So why are you about to be the only person not getting with old, who are you right. doing that for? And also, these companies have insurance for this. This is the reason the companies have insurance, so that they can do these payouts. It's not just you paying to the government. So don't just don't just let the money go to waste if you need it, because it's there for you. It's 
literally there for you in these situations. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, nice. Tim, I say it's here first. Right, that would be nice. I mean, of course, we can tag and you guys can share, but I'm I'm with him and understanding that you want to find your own building or you want to be safe, but it's also like the other point, which I also felt for them, was that we pay our rent every month, just like everybody else. We're in here less than the other people in the building. Like, it's just crazy. And to give you all a little bit more context, last one, they had an employee there who was, like, moving shirts around. I think it was either really early one day or really late. And the owner's wife was there, and basically, just like every other movie or video we've seen, was questioning him, like, who are you? What are you doing here? And he looked at her and said, who are you? What are you doing here? And she was like, I'm the owner's wife. I'm so-and-so. But she had a different last name. So she kept trying to peek into the office, and their friend slash employee was like, okay, well, I'm just here moving shirts. And so she kept questioning him. I need identification. I need this. I need that. And he's like, if you are who you say you are, then contact the people that rent this out. You know, Kevin on stage and Joe Boy and the wife. Not the wife. Sorry. Melissa is her name. Melissa. You contact those people. And so apparently another point they were making was, like, they think it became an issue because the wife didn't get the answers that she was looking for, even though she didn't properly introduce herself or buy any kind of clarification or anything like that and maybe went back to the owner slash husband and was like, I don't know what they're doing. It's shady. I asked, and they wouldn't tell me type of thing. And so it's also, like, this whole – it's exhausting. Like, I'm exhausted just talking about – this whole rigmarole of having to prove to someone that we're, we, as black people, brown people, people of color, are not threatening, having to prove that we have legitimate businesses, having to prove anything to anyone where other people aren't being tested the same way. It's just exhausting and annoying, and I wish we all could just own our own businesses. I wish we all could just have generational wealth from whatever the F-U-C-K-E-R-Y effery was going on years and years ago that we still feel effects for today. I wish that was the case, but that's not the case. Yeah, we were even talking about that a bit offline in terms of Candy and Todd, Yeah, how we were saying with OLG, they not only, you know, own their business, but they own the building that the business is in, and then they rent out the other spaces. And just basically saying, like, how that was a smart business move because ultimately if they decide they don't want the restaurant anymore, they still have revenue coming in. And then they are the people who are in the situation, who they can decide who to rent to and not necessarily do shady business practices like the landlords are for this, situation with Kev on stage like I know that they're still building their whole business so they may not have the opportunity to just buy a whole building to rent out a space but it'll definitely be you know a learning practice for them to to kind of ultimately decide or try and figure out how to move in a way that works best for them like whether they only work with people that they can get references from because that's the way that, you know, like you said, they treat us. Like if they want two references or credit checks or whatever in order to lease their buildings or use their spaces and blah, 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 well, I need references to know that you don't have shady business practices and that you're not going to illegally try to push me out of the space even though I've paid my rent and, you know, just whatever circumstances may be. Like we, it, 
to to figure out how to protect ourselves in the same way that people are going to protect themselves, create insurance policies, and have all of their money to back them up. Right. In closing, if I had a studio space to rent out to them, I would give it to them, like, without question. But I'm not in that position yet. Same. That's what we really need to do. I know people keep talking about buy buy land, buy business, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I can't do that right now with the six ninety nine that I have in my pocket for Disney Plus. But um <laughs> but that might be part of my ultimate goal. Not to, to own because I keep thinking about like when people buy houses and flip houses and stuff. I look at houses now and I'm just like, I can't imagine living in a big house. Like that's too much going on for me. But, yeah, maybe I could look into commercial spaces and renting property for people that are looking to lease businesses and stuff like that. I do know someone that does that, I believe. Like, she owns – I don't know that she owns the entire building, but she, I think she owns her own space that is basically one of those communal workspaces, and then she has a subscription package for people that want to come and use the space or want to come and have meetings in that space or record in that space. And I'm just like, yeah, that's a smart business move. That's a really cool idea. I do wonder, like, I I mean, because I've thought about that before too, but I do wonder, like, kind of what the startup costs are. Like, how much money do you need from the bank? How much equity do they want? What kind of return the business plan do they want to see? So. Those are interesting ways to get, build revenue, and I would even implore you, <laughs> keywords, implore you to maybe even pull together some of your friends, and maybe if you even created an LLC with some friends, a like-minded business individual, that way it's not just your money that's, you know, on the line. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that on social media, these, like, young men getting together, saving a certain amount every month to basically, like you said, create an LLC or some sort of pooled company to buy real estate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, something that we can look into, Ollie. I mean, we already yeah. got this joint venture here. Yeah, we we working on this one thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs> she don't want to add no more money with me, y'all. She's like, uh, let's see how this goes first. What's your plate for the meat and potatoes? <laughs> Uh, the thing I want to talk about for my meat and potatoes is the idea of nice guys or good guys. And what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. I was talking with my coworkers. We always discuss television shows, and one of the shows we were talking about is This Is Us. Mm-hmm. And part of the staple of This Is Us is they have these couples that are based around in, like, so much love, but I feel like they put a strong emphasis on having, like, these idyllic men. So they have the father figure being Jack, and he's just like, oh, he's so in love with Rebecca, and he's such a good father, and he loves his family, and he's hardworking, and blah, blah, blah. And then they have Randall, who is the same way he's such a good father, he loves his family, blah, blah, blah. And so they had this new character, Malik, who they're kind of showing as being the same way. And certain things he was saying, I was just like, 
I don't know why he's talking like that. It's so unrealistic. Why are they trying to make him in the same way that they do with Jack and Randall? And not that I don't believe those other two characters in that form, but we've gotten to know them enough that I feel like we've been able to see multiple sides of them and flaws for them. And even them, I feel like they make them too idyllic. But with this new character, Malik, I'm like, they're trying to make him idyllic. And I'm just like, it's just not realistic. Like, even when guys are nice, they're not this nice. And my coworkers are like, you just don't like good guys. You like, you must like bad guys or something, or you must like bad boys. And I'm like, no, I like good guys. Like, but I also like realistic people. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm being someone's Bamboo. shooting sugar up my butt. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, I wanted to talk about the idea of guys or people being too good to be true. Like, like, do nice guys, do nice girls really exist in the ideal form? And mm-hmm. what does that look like? So being someone who has dated a lot of different people, not necessarily been in a relationship with a lot of different people, but I have quite a few of those under my belt as well, I feel like I've had some really good guys. And when I say really good guys, I mean, like, wouldn't hurt a fly guys, wouldn't cheat on me guys, like would do everything in the best possible way they could type of guys. So I know they exist, but I feel like there's a spectrum. So there are those guys that are just like do no wrong, but there are also the guys that are like, oh, I would never cheat on you, but I'm also not going to pay attention to figure out what I should get you for your birthday. There are also those guys where it's like, you, 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 I'm not expecting you to be 100% perfect, How semicolon, however, comma, I do expect you to put in some effort. And I do, there was maybe only one relationship, relationship where I was with somebody and I was just like, you're good to the point where I feel inadequate and I also feel bored. And what I mean by that is like, you're too into me. You get what I'm saying? I'm not expecting you to go out mm-hmm. and do something stupid, but you are definitely too into me, and this isn't the too good to be true, but it's true. It's like this is this is so good that I know I'm not sabotaging myself, and you got to be doing something. <laughs> <laughs> so I think good guys do exist, but I think we have to – I don't want to say brace ourselves, but we have to be prepared for things to not go our way or, you know, what if a guy is really good for 10 years and then on year 11 starts acting crazy? Like, I don't want I don't want to be surprised by that. You know what I mean? Like, I want to come yeah. And I think that's part of it for me. Like, not that I don't think, like you said, good guys don't exist, but I am the type of person that maybe I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, I need to know what the flaws or issues are so that I know that I can handle them. I know that that's something that I'm willing to live with or deal with. But if all you're showing me is your shiny and your glimmer and your gold, then I'm just like, nah, this isn't real. (laughs) And all of those things that could be real, but I'm like, I also need to know the real real. I need to know the bad sides of the real, not just the good sides of the real. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's more than fair. Like, I need to get past the little honeymoon phase. I need to see how you're going to be, I don't know, year three, month 
two, and we just got into a heated debate. Like, I need to see that face with you. I need to, and I'm not saying I got to see this on the first date, second date, third date, but yeah, just like be up front because you're not going to be goody goody all the time. I'm not going to be goody goody all the time. So let's just show our true faces and stop wasting time. And then the other thing that I feel is if I have someone around me that's good, because I feel like, like you said, I've dated a lot of guys who are good in theory or just good guys, and it still didn't work out. And so understanding that aspect of it to say there is nothing wrong with this person, mm-hmm. so why didn't we work out? Right. Yeah. That's- <laughs> and and me not internalizing it to say, well, you just don't like good guys because that's how my coworkers made me feel. I'm just like, no, I like good guys. No, I do, I do, I do, I do. Do I? <laughs> I don't feel like your coworkers know you as well as maybe your girlfriend, i.e. me, does or do. So, no, that's not true at all. You dated plenty of good guys. And so if it didn't work out, it just it could have been. It's possible that it didn't work out for a plethora of reasons. And I feel like I personally feel like none of those reasons are that you don't like good guys because you've had plenty of them in your repertoire. <laughs> I'm like, I can't think of a reason that I would – prefer a bad guy to a good guy. Like, I can't, even if it was like, oh, he's so handsome, I'm just like, <laughs> or they're like, some people talk about the intimate aspects of a relationship, like, oh, they they get, what it took me how to say, digmatized or whatever. I'm just like, nah, there's tools and kits for that. Like, there's, I always say, like, I can, I can take care of that if I needed to. I'm not going to lasso myself up to a problem just for some intimate pleasure. I'm good on that, Sam. Now that we're talking about it, though, I don't think you've dated a whole lot of good guys. Honestly, if we're just being real on the podcast, I'm not thinking about it. I think you've given a lot of guys who didn't deserve chances chances, and I feel like you've made them better, which is something I'm guilty of, too, dating somebody, mm-hmm. elevating, and then peacing out. Like, not, like, intentionally, like, project dating, but, like, okay, let me help you work on ABC, EFG. All right, now that it's done, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, like, I blame Beyonce for that. She had a whole song called Upgrade You, and clearly you're kind of right not to say that my ex is a terrible person, but y'all just heard me talk about how I helped him put together furniture. So I'm definitely someone who's like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll make you better. I'll improve your life set. In fact, I did go through a period of time where even if the guys weren't bad guys, I felt like I was kind of like good luck set to them where it was like I'm the person that they date right before they find whoever it is that they're going to marry or commit their lives to. It's funny that you bring up Beyonce's upgrade because when I think about it, I think about ring the alarm. I'm damned if I mm, That's true. And then I let you go. <laughs> so, Ain't that the same album? <laughs> could be. But my thing with you particularly is that it's not just, like, your ex, because I'm not just talking about him. I mean, even if you look at your dating history, I feel like you give lots of people chances that, not that you're better than, but you necessarily aren't in the same book with, not even on the same page. Like, you're not even in the same book with this person, but you've given plenty of chances to people like that. And I think it's sweet and cute, but I don't think (laughs) (laughs) if you're trying to look for something, you know, 
serious or long-lasting. I do think I'm trying to figure that part out now. Like, I, I'm not trying to wait things out as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know what that fully looks like, but I'm just like, if it doesn't seem like it's working, then don't put as much energy into it or just, you know, like figure out why it's not working. Don't just say, well, it's it's not really working, but it's not failing either, so let's just keep doing it. Like, yeah. No, you should really be about coming to that realization because even with this ex that we talked about in this last episode, when you said that, you know, y'all broke up, in my head I was like, oh, this is temporary. And that hasn't been the case. So I was very surprised that you <laughs> and you, like, recognized your worth. I mean, I'm still in on shock that you're still doing it. Cause it and it's not like anything against you if you do decide to revisit that. But I've been course. back before. <laughs> but I like, said I was done, and then I went back. And then I said I was done, and then I went back. <laughs> How many times are you going to read this book? This ain't even her favorite book. So, yeah, I'm with you. You are my friend. I love you. So I will support you. I'll tell you the real, but I will support your decisions as long as it's not, like, detrimental to you. But you have the capabilities of realizing, like, okay, this isn't for me and this is for me. So even acknowledging that, I think, is a really good thing. Mm. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That concludes my main topic, meat and potatoes. All right. That's my drum roll, you guys. Who and or what and or where is receiving your underappreciated awards today? Today, my underappreciated awards is going, is going, my underappreciated award is going to Debbie Allen. Okay. Debbie, right? I feel like Debbie Allen is one of those people that everybody knows, and then they forgot that they need to continuously give her acknowledgement and praise because she's still out here doing the dang thing. She has been a show director for about 30 years and continues to be the main director for Grey's Anatomy, which is the longest-running medical drama in television history. She also still owns her dance academy. She's continuously Mm -hmm. acting and producing television and film. She can still get down when it comes to dancing. Don't let her age fool you. She can dance me and quite a few of the rest of us under the table. Mm -hmm. The woman is still... Gorgeous. She comes from a well-educated and talented family. Shout out to Felicia Rashad. And I just saw a little clip, and I was like, oh, I'm giving Debbie out of my underappreciated work because I don't want anyone to ever forget who she is. Because she, let me tell you something. She showed up, and she said, this is where you pay in sweat. And she ain't never stopped. She's one of those people where I'm like, dang, I I don't can't complain about being tired because if Miss Debbie Allen ain't tired, then who am I to feel tired? But I'm sure somewhere at some point she gets some sleep. But <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's a great winner of the Underappreciated Award. I follow her on Instagram, and 
I often, I'm often, often unfollowing celebrities. I've never touched the unfollow button for her because she <laughs> is a working machine. I love seeing her on grades. I love seeing her practice with her kids. And she's like, she's like tough. You know what I mean? She's like, one, two. No, I said one, two. Everybody start over. One, two, three, four. I said one, two, three, four. Everybody start over. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, kind of discipline that you need. That is the discipline of a dancer. That is the discipline of a creator. That is the discipline of a hard worker. And I just, I also admire her. So I'm really glad that you gave her that award. She earned it several times over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The master of stage and screen, Miss mm-hmm. Debbie Allen. Which is not easy to do. Nope. So... My underappreciated award is going to the creators of natural hair care products, specifically those of color. Um, Hair is something that can be more transformed, cut off, renewed, rejuvenated, all this other good stuff. And having proper products to care for said hair is really, really, really important. And just the booming of all these products that are made for people that don't have bone straight hair is just like amazing to see. It's amazing to see like not your mother's natural Shea Moisture, Carol's daughter, even though some of these companies are um, being sold and not necessarily black owned anymore. So you might want to look Mm -hmm. into that. Anywho, it's amazing that we have these products that we can use to take care of our hair, and that hasn't always been the case. Even if you look back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, I remember growing up, and the only thing I remember, (laughs) the only thing, two things, one was Blue Magic Hair Grease, and I specifically remember that because there's a picture of me, like, having dumped all of it on my hair, and the other (laughs) thing I remember (laughs) just for me, which is a perming kit. So... Yep. To have those as my first, right, you remember them too, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, to have those was my first kind of memories, but now having our own, albeit small, section of hair care designated for my type of hair, I just really, really, really appreciate it. So shout out to those natural hair care um, product providers. Shout out to them. It's definitely been a transition of people of color embracing their unique hair textures and not just embracing it but being able to actually maintain it on their own because I can't tell you how many times I said I was going natural in college and then I went right back to the creamy crack because I was like I don't know what to do with my hair (laughs) so now that that transition has been made people on you know social media and YouTube have been able to promote and refer the products and show videos of how to properly use them it's made it to where we as everyday people of color are really able to maintain our own hair effectively. And not to downgrade the beauty care industry, you know, like I'm still, when I got the money, I'll go to the local hair stylist and let them braid me up or twist me out or whatever it is that I need. But um, it's just important to, like you said, just be able to, take care of yourself and, and do your own your own hair care and maintenance and just like enjoy that process and not I don't know, feel like you have to conform in order right. to look decent. Like you said, the creamy crack. And that is something that maybe maybe you used to say all the time. I gotta get on the creamy crack and maybe like what? It's like I'm talking about a relaxer. 
wrapping it up. So, Mandy, would you like to tell the people where they can find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MNO Podcast. They can send us their questions and comments and all kinds of, you know, feedback on Mandy and Ali at gmail.com. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so that you know when we drop a new episode. Mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to know is that, you guys, we told you about this giveaway for some free merch, free merch, and I haven't seen any interest yet. Have you, Mandy? I haven't. That's just makes me a little sad because we went out and started getting this product made, so... Don't let me just give it out to strangers. We want to give it out to the people who have already been, you know, really giving us life, like really giving us listens, really giving us feedback. We want to give it to you guys because you helped to get us here. Right. And I know, like, we still have listeners because there are people that are talking to me, a couple, about the last podcast, and I'm like, so why didn't you send us your address so you can get some free stuff? And then it's just crickets. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm like, it's very little work on your part. We're not asking you to pay shipping and handle it. No, we made this for you. So just send us your information and you can get some free merch. All right. It was good talking to you guys. Freaking, Bye. And you take advantage of Bye. it every weekend. Every weekend. I heard some things. I heard some things. But I can't complain. Because I stuck to you and I asked your name. Yeah, I came with games. Then you look so familiar Yeah, you look so familiar Don't I know you from back when? Yeah, way, way back when